Hello, and welcome to On Your Left, the politics podcast that's probably to your left. My name is Katrina Ames, and I use she, them pronouns. And I'm Narali Shath, I use she, her pronouns. Um, we are in your podcast feeds every Wednesday, um, but we understand that if you can't listen on Wednesdays, because um, the past few weeks, Wednesdays have been fraught. <laughs> 2021 has given us a slew of Wednesdays that are a lot. So um, feel free to listen on Thursday or Friday, too. We record on Sundays. Um, so if things happen on that Wednesday, we we can try to talk about it next week unless they are uh, stock market related because we don't understand stocks. Yeah, I vaguely understand what's happening now because... I enjoy reselling books. Yeah. That's it. Um, And because we don't understand stocks, we don't want to invest in GameStop stock right now, but you can invest in us by going to patreon.com slash onyourleftpod um, because we aren't becoming millionaires through GameStop stock. Nope. We are not. Uh... I don't expect we'll become millionaires through Patreon either, but feel free to surprise me, everyone. Yeah. If, if you just have a spare million dollars, I mean, I think our highest tier is 10. Um, but... We'll accept can, more? Yeah, we can take more. <laughs> we won't say no to that. On to our news today. Let's start with our COVID updates. Uh, in very sad news, the United States has now recorded 26 million coronavirus cases. And I expect the number will continue to rise. But uh, there is hope. Um, there are already two vaccines um, that are... Uh, approved and are being uh, administered throughout the United States with Moderna and Pfizer. Um, and Johnson & Johnson has been developing a single-dose vaccine as, a, as to the other two, which are double-dose vaccines for COVID. And uh, they announced that its vaccine offers strong protection against COVID. Um, and it's less effective than Moderna and Pfizer, but it's still a strong option. Um, if it gets emergency approval through the FDA, uh, it can also stay viable in a regular refrigerator for up to three months. One of the reasons why um, there has been a real struggle to get the vaccine to everyone is because um, the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines need to be frozen. Um, they need to be uh, stored in a freezer. And then once they're out, they're only viable for a little while before they just have to be thrown out. Um, so yeah, this is a good option. Um, it's also apparently good for the UK variant of the virus, but not, uh, for the South African variant variant, but you know, two out of three is not bad. Yeah. It does seem right now that all of the vaccines we've developed are just not as effective against the South African variant. Um, most are still above 50%, which is a pretty good vaccine. Uh, it falls in line with about what our flu vaccines get every year, uh, between 40 and 60% effectiveness. But when you have these vaccines that are above 90%, even though they have to be kept 
at super cold temperatures um, and way below what we normally freeze things at, it is still helpful. And I'm really optimistic because of Johnson & Johnson, because Johnson & Johnson's vaccine, even though it's less effective against some variants, also can be distributed more easily to rural areas in the United States and less economically developed countries. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's good to have more options it, and m more people making this and trying to find a solution to this. Um, yeah. So there's also a fourth vaccine, um, that, uh, is, uh, happening. Um, Novavax has announced a new vaccine that offers strong protection from COVID-19, and they've announced that they're going to begin work on a new version to address the, uh, more contagious variants of the vaccine, which would be, uh, distributed as a booster shot, so like a so like a second dose, but it would be a slightly different vaccine because it would attack the variants. And um, Novavax is a, did their trials in the UK. And once again, they're a little bit less effective against the South, Af against the South African variants. But because we have all of these vaccines that are beginning to work on most of the variants of the COVID-19 virus, that means we can start looking to do these booster shots and we can start vaccinating people quickly. Uh, I would not expect either of these vaccines to be approved by the FDA for emergency authorization until February, but every little bit helps. And if you were one of the people in New York City scheduled to get vaccinated this weekend, you might have had your appointment canceled due to a giant snowstorm that's expected. So yeah, we're getting too. Call your doctor. Yeah, um, two whole feet of snow. I'm looking forward to real snow. Like there's still snow on the ground right now because we got a couple inches a few days ago. But um, like we haven't had real snow in a while. Um, thank you, climate change. So, uh, speaking of, um, hope for COVID, uh, our main topic today is the COVID-19 rescue bill. Yeah. Uh, as you might remember from a few weeks ago, uh, Biden had proposed a $1.6 trillion rescue package, and he additionally made a bunch of executive orders on his very first day in office that would help us fight the pandemic. Uh, we've talked about those already, but there is a new development basically as of today. We never get the news day of. This is amazing. <laughs> um, but 10 Republican senators have drafted a framework for a COVID-19 relief bill that would likely amount to a $600 billion package. Uh, and it was kind of offered as a rebuttal to President Biden's $1.6 trillion rescue package for COVID-19. This, it includes a lot of the same things, just less of them and not everything that Biden's package included. Yeah, um, $600 billion is a lot of money, but it's less than half of Biden's proposal. So, um, like, it's, it's nice that they're making an effort, though. 
like Republicans doing something somewhat productive? What? Now that there's a president that believes that COVID-19 is an active threat to our lives um, and also our economy, I guess Republicans care about that. Mm-hmm. They're, they're willing to work together. And my biggest problem with this package is that it seeks to limit direct payments so fewer families would be eligible for them. Yeah. And I think that's dumb. Uh, I understand wanting to put an income cap on how many people are receiving these stimulus payments, but that income cap is based on our taxes from last year. What we filed last year for 2019 before the pandemic started, and too many people have lost their jobs for that to be an effective way to measure who needs help. Yeah, um, people's situations have changed since 2019. Um, and, like, m- Putting a cap on this, while I understand why it's important, it also just makes the job of getting these direct payments to people more difficult. Yeah. It just takes, it'll take longer to get these payments to people because they have to be, like, vetted or whatever. And, you know, there will have to be, like, a list made or I don't know how these direct payments actually happen, but, like it'll it'll take longer and it'll be more work for the people who have to send this out so um i also think it's going to be less popular if it only applies to people uh, making less than fifty thousand dollars or less than a hundred thousand dollars for if you're married because rich people in this country love it when something benefits everyone And programs designed for the poor or the lower middle class are very often underfunded and then shut down. Mm -hmm. So I think it should include everyone. Like, I don't love that wealthier people are going to get it, but... If wealthy people get a thousand more dollars in their pocket, like, it's, it's pocket change to them, who cares? You know? And it's also pocket change to the federal government. Like, let's be real here. We spend so much more on the military than on the American people. So. This is, like, it's semantics. Overwhelmingly, I think the Republican plan is not as good as Biden's plan. Yes. I mean, credit where credit is due. They they did do something in in their lives once yeah yeah um and this is like moderate republicans too if we're being honest this is mitt romney susan collins and lisa murkowski which oh my god i cannot imagine what 18 year old me thinks saying mitt romney is a moderate republican but whatever that's fine oh god yeah rich people love when things benefit them um, and capping the stimulus package would not benefit them. Therefore, it would be more difficult to pass. So. It also wouldn't even include the whole middle class. No. Like, 
so many people have been very drastically affected by this pandemic so we don't have accurate data on who needs the help mm -hmm. but i think we should continue to include the entire middle class within that yeah that would be good but this is important because with 10 republican senators signed onto this bill there is a possibility of actual legislation being passed instead of as budget reconciliation which uh is what bernie sanders would do um with only 51 votes he would be able to um do a budget reconciliation version of biden's 1.6 trillion dollar plan um but yeah, we would be able to do the normal pro do it the normal way um, if all fifty Democratic senators sign on. And I don't think that's invaluable. Uh, I think that there's something to be said about going through the process to make laws in a normal way because honestly, not everything in Biden's plan is directly related to the budget. Uh, so stuff would have to be cut in order to pass it through budget reconciliation. So although I am in favor of Biden's plan, if we can make a deal, um, and a better deal than what the Republicans are offering, let me be very clear about that. We need more than $600 billion in help. And a lot of uh, President Biden's proposals that are in his package would do more in the long term to help us get through this. Yeah. But I would like it to be passed through law in the normal way. Yeah. And like these 10 Republican senators are basically offering a negotiating point because they need the Democrats to sign on to this. So it's 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 a good thing. If we end up with another $1.2 trillion package um, and we lose some things, I'd still be okay, honestly. Um, it would be harder, but we could also pass other things as budget reconciliation later if we get this package. And we needed this package right now. Yeah. Like, we needed it last week. I'm broke. We need money in people's pockets. Um, so whatever way that happens is the best way at this point. Um, if budget reconciliation is the way, that's the way. If negotiating with Republicans is the way, that's the way. Like, people just need money in their pockets. And we can fight for more money. We can do all the good things that we're supposed to do as American citizens. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, we just... People need money in their pockets so that they can stay home. And we also, like, a big part of both of these packages is help for states... To do the vaccine rollout, a thing that Trump's administration argued against doing and lobbied against. And I don't want to stay unvaccinated. Uh, and I don't want to keep living through what some would argue is a hellscape in a pandemic because none of us can get vaccinated. I want to be vaccinated. I really do. And... Like, it's important to note that, like, the vaccine rollout is such a mess because the the previous administration literally had no plan whatsoever for the vaccine rollout um, and also didn't tell the transition team that they had no plan. Um, 
So everyone's just getting caught up on this. As of recording, Biden's been president for 11 days. Um, Everyone's just getting caught up. So, yeah, we got to work fast. And President Biden's acknowledged that, too, because he's willing to negotiate with Republicans. He wants a bipartisan deal. Do I care if the bill is bipartisan? Not particularly. No, not at all. (laughs) But I care if it passes quickly so that we can get help, uh, so that we can stop the pandemic and keep people from going hungry. And President Biden's said the same thing through his surrogates, that he's willing to negotiate with Republicans on an economic relief package, but it needs to pass quickly to help keep millions of Americans from going hungry. Yeah, exactly. Like, again, I think I've said this before, Biden is going to sign what comes across his desk. Whatever it is. So, as long as they work fast, Biden's going to sign it through and help people. Yeah, I don't see him vetoing any of the COVID relief. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Unless he wants to be more hated than Trump. Like. It would be an impressive feat. Yeah, exactly. Like, Joe Biden is the epitome of middle-of-the-road Democrat. Democrats are in power. Democrats have control of the negotiations. Um, As long as they work fast and... Like, yeah, Biden's going to sign it through. He's going to sign something through soon. And if you would like to act, there's a really easy way to do that. You can call your legislators and urge them to pass additional COVID relief measures. And in particular, you can ask them to sign on to Biden's plan as opposed to the plan these Republican senators put out. If you have a specific thing that you really care about, like a more money for food programs, child care centers, small business relief. Uh, If you want to put more money into vaccination deployment, tell them. It is their job to listen to you. You can also uh, stay home if you can. Um, I don't know, like we've said this every week, but the best way to help other people is to stay home. Um, If you can. Obviously, not everyone can. um, Because people don't have the money to stay home. But, um, yeah, we're getting two feet of snow in a couple days uh, on my side of the country. Um, People are going to get sicker. People's immune systems are going to be suppressed. So stay home if you can. Um, And you can also spread the word about how great the vaccine is and look into how you can sign up for the vaccine. It differs from state to state. It it differs from county to county sometimes. Um, Relatives relatives of mine who live in the same state have been able to sign up for the vaccine and my area, we cannot. It's it's very strange. But um, look into how in your specific area, in your hospital system, whatever, whatever is happening, look into how you can sign up for the vaccine if you can. Um, look into the tiers if 
if you're eligible, if someone you know is eligible, but you know they haven't signed up yet, get them to sign up. Yeah. Uh, also, there's this new thing where we wear two masks when we're outside. Uh, if you have the resources to do that, when you go to the grocery store to wear two masks, that's a thing to look into. I know masks are expensive. Uh, the disposable ones in particular can be quite costly. Uh, and you might not be able to afford enough cloth masks to do that, but if you have the money, consider double masking. It'd be great. Yeah, um, I think if you have an N95 mask still, you're good. You don't need to double mask. But um, yeah, for cloth masks, definitely double mask. Um, most people don't have N95s. And also, uh, another good thing about double masking is that it keeps you warm during these dark winter days. I know. I walked to the library today, and I was just wearing one mask because the library was closed, so I wouldn't have to interact with anyone. I just needed to return a book. And my face was so nice. My cheeks didn't get cold. My lips don't get chapped. I'm loving this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so now that we have a Biden administration, we have control of the House and Senate, I am expecting each week that our good news section just get a little bit longer. Yeah, it's pretty long this week. Um, and that's because Joe Biden is doing things. However, this time it is good news with a bit of an asterisk for the second thing. Um... So uh, last time we discussed all of the executive orders that happened and a bunch of the major executive orders that Joe Biden has um, signed through are about climate. Um, and these are really good things. Um, we These are two things that we didn't really discuss. He did a lot more than this. But um, the first thing uh, we're talking about is conservation, agriculture, and reforestation. Um and I am getting this information from an excellent uh, newsletter called volts.wtf. Highly recommend. Um, in terms of con conservation, agriculture, and reforestation, um, uh, Biden has committed that the U.S. will conserve at least 30% of our lands and oceans by 2030, which are uh, nice round numbers. Um and uh, he has the action plans to back it up. 30 by 30. 30% by 2030. It's so catchy. I like a good slogan. I really do. It's mm -hmm. just, this really calls to me. Uh, this is very clear about what we need to do. Uh, abolish ICE. Very clear about what we need to do. Black Lives Matter. Very clear what we need to do. And I enjoy... 30 by 30, and that we will protect at least 30% of our lands and oceans by 2030. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. So, um, included in the plans for this is uh, creating a civilian climate core initiative to put a new, quote, a new generation of Americans to work conserving and restoring public lands and waters, increasing reforestation, increasing carbon sequestration in the agricultural sector, protecting biodiversity, improving access to recreation. Is it recreation or recreation here? 
I do not know. I don't know either. Um, and addressing the changing climate, which is a lot of stuff, but um, I, I, that that's a plan for how uh, us regular civilian citizens can get involved, which is great. Um, and also, uh, the Secretary of Agriculture will begin a process of stakeholder consultation aimed at climate climate smart agricultural practices that produce verifiable carbon re- reductions and sequestrations. So, um, yeah, working with uh, people in the agriculture field is extremely important. Um, that's where a lot of America's biggest uh, carbon emissions come from. So, yeah, very important. Yeah, it's definitely a good idea because we will need to continue growing food. Uh, But it does have a huge impact on our climate, um, particularly with meat production. It has a big impact on our climate. And people will always joke that it's because, like, cows burp. And actually, people joke that it's because cows fart. But cows actually burp methane. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm right. (laughs) But uh, it's going to be things that we can do to help is just helping with having Mm -hmm. targeting every segment of our economy to be centered around green practices. Um, and I think that's going to be do a really big thing because the uh, Civilian Climate Corps was originally a Jay Inslee plan and it's modeled oh. after something FDR did. Uh, the Civilian Conservation Corps in 1933 to conserve our precious natural resources. Which is kind of also how we got national parks and that's cool. That's great. I love national yeah. parks. Um, and that's one thing. It's going to, like, put people to work doing something helpful. And that's going to be good for the economy and good for the climate. Um, making sure our agriculture is environmentally friendly in their production is going to be better. Getting our transportation sector uh, more eco-friendly is going to help everyone. It's just, it's a nice time. And our, like, green actions don't necessarily need to be tied to the economy. But we live in a capitalist society, so this is how we frame things here, apparently. Yeah. Um, and you know, like, people deserve to make money in this capitalistic economy. <laughs> like, I wish money didn't exist, but because it does, everyone needs some. So it makes sense that, like, we're turning it into capitalism environmentalism but make it capitalism um but one thing that does get left out of the conversation a lot when we're talking about uh environmentalism and climate change is uh especially when white people are talking about environmentalism and climate change is environmental justice however joe biden um specifically is targeting that and um has some very specific plans for that All federal agencies will develop programs, policies, and activities to address the disproportionate health, environmental, economic, and climate impacts on disadvantaged communities. Um, And 
within environment and climate specifically, this includes federal councils that will prioritize environmental justice, making sure environmental justice is at the forefront of various federal agencies, and a goal of directing 40% of relevant federal investments to disadvantaged communities. Disadvantaged communities get hit the hardest with climate change, and it's really great to see that uh, the Biden administration wants to tackle that specifically. Yeah, it's really going to help a lot because right now, so much of what we need to do is helping in the environmental justice area. If we want a good planet for all of us, we need to focus on the people that have systematically been left out of uh, building this good community and this good planet or have been stuck with the worst effects of climate change through no fault of their own because they weren't included at the table where these decisions get made. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like one specific thing they're doing is creating and creating a climate and environmental justice screening tool similar to the one the EPA now uses to identify disadvantaged communities and help direct aid in a uniform way across agencies so that um, all federal agencies are going to be able to help with this, which is pretty great. Yeah. My only asterisk comes in because there is so much more to do. Like, these are great first steps. Um, 30, 30% by 2030 sounds great. Um, but, yeah, we just need more faster. And Joe Biden still hasn't said anything about the Green New Deal, which um, not only tackles specifically the environment, but tackles a whole slew of issues that will, um, you know, help us rely less on a capitalistic society that uh, doesn't care about the environment. I don't have anything to add to that. So what's the other good news? Yeah. So, um... The other good news is that uh, Biden announced that the Department of Justice will stop working with private prisons, which is good. Um, we don't like private prisons. Private prisons are very bad. Um, but, and um, this, uh, however, this ban on contracting with private prisons only applies to the Department of Justice. And it does not apply to the Department of Homeland Security, which is not great because um, a lot of people being held in private prisons are um, people who are being held through the Department of Homeland Security, um, you know, facing deportation and all that stuff. And um, Joe Biden hasn't uh, handled deportation stuff very well in his very short tenure as president so far. Um, also, only 8% of people incarcerated by the federal government are incarcerated in private prisons, and the majority of people incarcerated in federal private prisons are in immigration detention facilities, which are run by the DHS. Um, so, basically, this is a good thing, but it doesn't do much. And we also want to abolish prisons overall. 
Prisons don't work to do anything but punish people who broke the law instead of trying to rehabilitate and help them come back into society. Prisons are bad. We should work to abolish them. I am glad that Biden has done the work on his own Mm -hmm. to stop contracts from continuing with private prisons, to stop building new ones, um, and to stop the Department of Justice from working further with them. But there's still a long way to go. Uh, For starters, I mean, there's more to go in, like, the abolition movement for prisons, like you said, but also... If we really want to get rid of private prisons, we should get rid of ICE. Yeah. They're one of the biggest parts of the government that are contracting with private prisons and that do allow people to profit off of human suffering. And we don't need them. We really don't. It's... Yeah. DHS and ICE are not necessary. At all. There are other ways to, if you want to control immigration, there are other ways to do that that don't involve holding innocent people in private prisons Um, and, you know, uh, making it possible for the previous administration to separate children from their parents Um, and, you know, traumatizing people. Prisons literally traumatize people. Private prisons really traumatize people. Um, But... I mean, it's also important to note that prisons are the reason why uh, in California, when there are wildfires, prisoners are the ones fighting the fires. But then if they get out of prison, they are not allowed to hold a job as a firefighter. Like, yeah, it's all bad. Prisons are bad. The DHS is bad. Ice is bad. We should just work to abolish all of them. Yeah. But this is a step. The good thing is that this is a step. Uh, I'm excited for more to be done. I expect more from this president, but it's been 11 days, so I'm going to give him a little bit more time to work on these admittedly complex issues. Yeah, it is complicated. And, like, I'm not, I'm not berating him just yet. I'm just, I'm just reminding him if he listens to this. Um, you got, you, there's more to do. Yeah, there's more work to be done. Yeah. And I have one third piece of good news that is just good news that I enjoy. Which is that Jon Stewart is on Twitter. And it's excellent. I have no feelings about this, but he's made five tweets so far, and all of them are pretty solid tweets, so good for him. And he says he's going to use it very sparingly, this Twitter account, so um, yeah, it's going it's gonna be a nice breath of fresh air every time he logs on, I think. Um, he's one of the first people who, like, really um, got me into politics, so I'm very excited about this. Yeah, he's just a good person who just wants uh, people who uh, were first responders in 9-11 to, you know, not die. Such a simple ask, and yet so difficult to get done. Like, this year is going to be the 20th anniversary of 9-11. It's just shameful. 
Anyway, <laughs> uh, Katrina, you're the one who brought us our mango fact today. Um, do you want to you want to tell me about this? Right. So our mango fact today, instead of talking about the fruit. This mango fact is about Paul Mango, the former Deputy Chief of Staff for Policy at the Department of Health and Human Services, and former Republican candidate for Governor of Pennsylvania. So, uh, I didn't vote for him. I wouldn't have been eligible to vote for him anyway, since he didn't make it past the primary, and we have closed <laughs> primaries in Pennsylvania. But I don't like Paul Mango. Paul Mango sucks. That's the fact. Uh, specifically, he sucks and should not run for the open senator... And he should not run for the open Senate seat that's coming in 2022 or for governor uh, for a very simple reason. He actively lobbied against giving states money for vaccine distribution. He did not want us to be able to vaccinate people, stopped us from getting funding to vaccinate people, and really just made the current situation where we are struggling to vaccinate the most vulnerable people in our society. Just worse. He could have he could have given us money for this. Uh, his argument for not giving us money was that we hadn't spent all of the money the CDC had allotted for uh, help in the fall before vaccines were approved. So Paul Mango sucks. That's today's Mango fact. Paul Mango, you suck. Wait, what was his reasoning for not giving the vaccine? Not not getting money for the vaccine? Because states hadn't spent all of the money that they had been given so far. Um. What? I, Paul, Paul Mango is a disgrace to the Mango name. Right? That is terrible. That is... Oof. Why? Why are people like this? I don't know, but they should stop. If Paul Mingo runs for senator in Pennsylvania, um, we might have to make a permanent Paul Mango fact and it will be a reason why he sucks every single week. I am not against that. Because he sucks. He sucks so much. And, like, we haven't talked about this really, but, like, the Republican Party right now, the federally, is um really being terrible um, and siding with the former president and the insurrectionists over anyone else. Um, just because, it seems like. So, um... We should we should just keep in mind that uh, the Republican Party is currently in shambles and is terrible, um, and Paul Mango is a member of that party, and he sucks so much. Uh, anyways, I'm sorry that we didn't end on a positive Mango fact this week, but we did end on a fact. So, thanks so much. <laughs> Um, if you want to find me on the internet, I am at Katringa Ames on Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, and Twitch. Where can we find you, Nerali? Um, you can find me on, uh, at Firewood Sparkler on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, occasionally TikTok. Um, 
YouTube videos are coming soon because the project for awesome is soon. Um, yeah, I'm so excited for project for awesome. It's going to be great. I'm hype. I'm so ready. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at on your left pod and on Instagram at on your left pod. We don't update often, but our updates are always important. Yeah. You recently Instagrammed a picture of a hippopotamus on ins- on Instagram, and it, it was great. It was very relevant to last week's episode. <laughs> yes. Um, you can also, uh, once again, find us on Patreon if you have a spare million dollars or a spare one dollar. Um, Patreon.com slash onyourleftpod. And you can also uh, check out our uh little bookstore front if you want to support us at bookshop.org slash shop slash on your left pod um yeah uh those are the ways you can support us right now uh, this has been the on your left pod all about the covid19 rescue bill and a bunch of good news so we hope you all yeah. have a lovely week goodbye bye <laughs>